What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you aren't rocking a wildland fire pack built by Mystery Ranch, well, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, lock it up, get it together, get the right gear. Your back and your knees and everything else is going to thank you later. They make arguably the most comfortable, the most well-built, and hands down, probably the best warranty in the game. Let's just be honest with ourselves. But other than that, they make a ton of other load-bearing essentials. Say you want to go peel a trophy elk off the hill? Well, they got you covered. If you want to go... Uh, trekking across the PCT. Well, they got you covered. They make just about every load bearing essential that you can imagine. More specifically, they've got the Assault 21 and the three-way briefcase, which I am staring at right now. The reason why I'm mentioning these is because a portion of the proceeds from the sales of these packs are going to go back to the Backbone series. Oh, what's this? Yeah. So the Backbone series is telling the story of Wildland Fire, and it's helping those boots on the ground that are going above and beyond to push their careers to new heights. I know that training is rather expensive, but lucky for you, if you put your name in the hat for these Mystery Ranch Backbone series scholarships, well, you have an opportunity to win a $1,000 grant to help further your career. So if you want to go find out more, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out all they have to offer. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor, and that's going to be none other than Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. But in addition to kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, well, they make a ton of other stuff, just like all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right, and a ton of other Wildland Firefighter-themed apparel. So go over to www.com hotshotbrewing.com and check out their full line of everything they make. And hell, while you're at it, go over to the little uh, anchor points section of the store and get some uh, exclusive merch. If you happen to be looking at one of those do rad stuff posters or one of the fire fiend shirts or one of the uh, band of brothers tees. Well, you can find it all at www.hotshotbrewing.com. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. Go check it out. The Anchor Point Podcast would also like to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Booze over at the Ass Movement. And why am I bringing this up? Because they are a hilarious little organization and they are serious about stewardship. So the Ass Movement is an acronym and it stands for the Anti-Surface Shitting Movement. Now, I know that everybody out there absolutely hates someone that just goes up on public land and just takes a dump right on top of it, doesn't even take the effort to bury it or cover their toilet paper or anything. It's like easy. So... The Ass Movement was created as a uh, educational platform that gives back to wildland firefighters, but it's also a great way to spread the word about burying your turds. So if you want it, the finest in poo burying propaganda, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the Ass Movement, where listeners to the Anchor Point podcast can get 10% off their entire order over there at the Ass Movement by using code AnchorPointAss10 at checkout. So once again, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the Ass Movement. The Anchor Point Podcast would also like to give a quick little shout out to our friends over at the AWE, also known as the American Wildfire Experience, also known as the Smoky Generation, which is an AWE uh, project. And if you don't know what it is, well, it is a catalog of digital storytelling dating all the way back to the 1940s about wildland fire. And now check this out. It's not even just relegated to North America anymore. It is a global affair. So if you want the latest and greatest from projects or storytelling projects in the field, well, 
not the ch- I mean, even in a global context and from across the world, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it all out. They just announced the 2022 winners of the Smoky Generation Awards, the uh, storytelling awards, the grant winners. And it's pretty cool. They're giving back to the um, wildland fire community in a big way. And they're helping funding some of those projects for wildland fire storytelling projects. So if you happen to be a writer, blogger, photographer, videographer, anybody who's telling the story of telling the story of wildland fire, well, your opportunity is going to be coming up next year for one of these $500 Smoky Generation grants. So head over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. Bethany, you have a badass organization over there. Keep it up. The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. So today on the show, we are going to have a little bit of the financial advice, and it's probably much needed considering the uh, pay uh, supplements are starting to come through, and they have come through in a ginormous lump sum for some of you. Well, there's going to be more to that, and, and yeah, I believe that uh, the overtime component is going to be paid out in a lump sum separate to that, but this is going to continue on for uh, the next year. And we got a year after that as well. So you guys uh, want some financial advice? Well, this is going to be the uh, episode to listen to. Not necessarily financial advice, but like some tips and tricks of like not getting your ass into a crack. So yeah, with that being said, today on the show, we have an actual financial advisor and He's in the military, so he speaks the language. He's done a little bit of uh, everything. He's works with a lot of uh, Fed empro- employees and a lot of military and first responders. So he speaks the language of you folks out there, which I think is kind of important because once some uh, Joe Blow in a suit and tie at wherever starts talking to you about finances, well, you're probably going to tune out. But this guy's legit and he's funny and he knows his shit. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend, Mr. John Cullen. Welcome to The Anchor Point. Yeah, this is my little podcast microphone that I have. I'm about to say, man. Yeah, it looks pretty good, man. It looks like you got a little setup going yourself. Yeah, I do like rugby podcasts and stuff like that. Nice. Well, I guess that's a cold open then. So, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I've got my good friend and financial advisor, Mr. John Cullen. What's going on, dude? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Appreciate reaching out. Happy to do this. Oh yeah, man. So tell us about yourself. Um, yeah. So my background, I, I recently transitioned into, uh, what I call kind of my post 
playing career and then uh, here in the near future, possibly post-service career. Um, uh, kind of dabbled back and forth, you know, you get, you get done playing professional sports and you get to a certain point and you kind of get the like, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? And um, I, I was interviewing all over the places, talking to a lot of people. I'd, I'd always had an interest in it. I'd always, you know, wanted to be smarter with my money. Um, I didn't come from a lot of money. So, I mean, I didn't know all these tips and tricks and all these things I, I work with and tell people now. I, I didn't know a lot of this stuff growing up. So I had a friend reach out and went in for an interview and then kind of, kind of dove right in from there into the profession. And yeah, it's been great. Um, with a, a marginally unique background, I guess I could say that sounds weird. It sounds weird talking about yourself, but the background in in sports and military, um, and civilian EMS and, and things like that. It's, it's, uh, it's really a unique opportunity to have that connection with people in that background because, um, probably, as you know, generally speaking, a lot of those people, you know, didn't come from scenarios of extraordinary wealth or um, great mentorship from parents or family with finances and things like that. And it's like, that's how we all ended up, you know, wearing some type of uniform. I mean, pick, pick one. Right. <laughs> most most people's stories are pretty similar that, that decide to put on a uniform for some portion of their life. Um, and And I think, too. Uh, there may there may not be a lot of trust, and uh, we'll we'll probably dive into this a little shorter. There's um there's also like a stigma and a you know it's always weird depending on your background when you go sit down, which I say this all the time because I make fun of people in my office with a bunch of nerds and khaki shirts and and freaking polos and they're talking to you about a Roth IRA and saving putting in your savings account. And you're like, dude, I freaking jump out of planes and put out fires and stop people from killing people for a living. Like yeah. what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a funny thing though. It's like one, the being a broke motherfucker. I mean, that's kind of like the folly of a civil servant, right? I mean, we all yeah. typically don't come from money unless you go like, maybe if you go straight into West Point, but even then, you know, it's not like you have gratuitous amounts of money, but yeah, right. man, uh, I think the xenophobia is very, very real. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, the military doesn't want to talk to Joe Blow fucking financial advisor and neither does fire or EMS or police or any federal servant, anybody. They just want to like stay in their lane. But that's where you are unique, right? So you have that experience, that background. You jumped out of planes. You, you know, save people making saves. You're currently a medic. And yeah, dude, that's that's a very unique position to be in, especially for a financial advisor, because you speak the language of these folks. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand it. I get it. And even still, like I, I, there's times I get the mistrust. Like I, I know I see people being skeptical or like people think of the financial world as crooked or sideways or things like that. And I'm like, well, of course, I mean, there's parts that are, of course, I mean, it's, it's money. It's going to pull out the worst and the greediest sides of all human beings. And I was like, but I can also say and make the joke. I was like, well, there's sides of the military and a fire department and the police department and every goddamn hospital that's just as crooked and dirty and corrupt and treats people like shit too. So if we can get past that, we can really work together. <laughs> 100% man. And like, you know, there's an old saying, eating a turd sandwich, you can only do it one bite at a time. So yeah. we're all in this together. And I'm pretty sure you've got some pretty useful advice because you've eaten that turd sandwich just like everybody else has. So... Yeah. 
But yeah, man. Uh, so do you want to get into the green weenie, as we call it, the green weenie. <laughs> I've never served, so I mean the the military jargon is it's from what I understand, it's uh, very similar to fire, specifically wildland fire. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of foreign it, to me. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple. Of, I've got so many buddies. I've got probably one of my best friends growing up. My entire friend group, like growing up in high school, are all California firefighters. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of have like my half foot in the door of like jargon and nonsense that fire talks about. And then being civilian EMS, you know, you work with um, paramedics and firefighter paramedics and things like that. And it's like, you kind of just see everyone's shit talking and sense of humor is pretty much the exact same. Oh, yeah. Everyone just their own little inside jokes. Oh yeah. And the dark humor just kind of like over overshadows everything oh, in all oh, of it. <laughs> it's so bad. And then it's like, I, I like, I catch myself at work all the time. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. No, everyone here is a normal person. Like no one thought that was funny. <laughs> you kind of like catch yourself. <laughs> like you cannot make those jokes right now. What do you mean? Mima and pop pop are getting up the fl- off the floor right now. <laughs> uh, it was like half of my job, like insurance. And so it's like talking about people dying all the time. And half the time I want to make like a funny joke. And I'm like, uh, we're doing kid policies like this is not appropriate. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> Got to reel it back in a little bit. Yeah. Oh man. So let's get into it, man. So you're a financial advisor. You specialize in TSP. You specialize in particularly federal service, right? And uh, as I'm sure you are well aware, wildland firefighters, they pretty much just had like a windfall uh, financial event, right? They get this $20,000 a year bonus, well, up to $20,000 a year or 50% of your base of your base pay up to 20,000, right? Okay. That's a shit ton of money in a short amount of time, because this is all back paid from, let's see, fiscal year of when the government fiscal year starts, right? Which is October mm-hmm. one. So yep. all this money was back paid to these, uh, while at firefighters since 2021. So mm-hmm. these folks are getting like eight, nine, 12, $15,000 stipends or not stipends, bonuses, I guess you can call them. And, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are just like going out there and buying fucking Tacomas with like the racks and like the Baja shit. And this is like, no, no, you've been blessed with a gift. Don't fucking squander it. So let's go into some advice about what we can do to coach these folks to not make shitty financial decisions. Yeah. Um, if all your friends went and bought the Tacoma, go buy Toyota stock instead. Oh, there we go. <laughs> See, <laughs> there, there's your chestnut checkers move. No, um, well, so uh, I, maybe fill me in a little more. Is that is that nationwide? That's just nationwide country. So you know, it's a uh, nationwide with federal wildland firefighting. Federal resources. wildland, okay. Yeah, specifically gotcha. federal. So USDA, uh, Forest Service, the Department of the Interior. So that encompasses the BLM, uh, National Park Service, and the uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs and Fish and Feathers okay. as well. So gotcha. all these folks are getting a grip of money, and I'm pretty sure they're chomping at the bit just to go fucking blow it on cocaine and hookers. Right. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, give yourself seventy-two hours. Hours just um, allegedly. <laughs> is and is this is this continuing, or is this going to be a one-time thing? So this is going to be. I looked into it a little bit, but I couldn't. The answer was kind of fuzzy. It's super foggy, man, and there's still more questions to be like 
found out the answers to. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are kind of getting screwed, especially like the dispatchers. The dispatchers, they're kind of getting fucked over. The supply cash managers, I mean, you know how wars are fought, right? Communications, logistics, right? We yep. need that stuff or else we can't do our job as a firefighter, as an operational context, right? So I think those people should be included, but we're trying to figure that out, especially with the grassroots uh, nonprofit that's out there advocating for these folks. But uh, it's going to be... So 2022, so fiscal year of the government mm -hmm. over fiscal year. So this is two years. This is going to be good for. So it's supposed to, it's set to expire in two years. So 2026. Gotcha. Yeah. So the lump sum, especially Wait, kind of that. I just math you know, wrong. That, did I just math wrong? 2024. Sorry. <laughs> 2024. Yeah. So the lump sum stuff like that, it's, um, it's a tough one. Right. And especially, uh, when, big scale and, and things like that. When you look at it, I mean, you, you'll see some people where it's like, Oh yeah, 10, 15 grand or, you know, even 20. And then if it, if you build it up or you don't touch it, like maybe if by 2024, you'd be looking at, you know, $60,000. And that's when you could be like, Oh, I can make a big move into an investment. Um, with, I guess I can throw out none of this is uh, personal uh, or official financial advising. Uh, if you would like that, send me an email. <laughs> um, but none of this is official. Um, but th those ones are those ones are so tough because it's so yeah it's so easy to go out and just make a big purchase. Um, what I would say this is you know baseline like cookie cutter answer just like any amount of money that you receive whether it's your income a lump sum a side job social you know social media anything else you're doing you treat it the exact same way right because this might hurt some feeling might not like 10 15 grand into the market i mean you if you're not going to continually build on that i mean it's really not going to do much for you yeah it's just going to stagnate pretty much I mean, it, it, it may grow, it may look good, but I mean, it's not, oh, I think it's a common, a very common misconception. Like, oh, I can throw 10 grand in the stock market and it'll just grow and grow and grow and grow. And I'm like, not really. That's not how the math works out. You, you got to continually contribute. You've got to be smart. You, you'd have to reallocate whatever you're invested in. If it's mutual funds or ETFs, or if you did one solo stock, then you've got to live with that for however long until you use it. Um, I would say treat it exactly like you got your income, right? Like however you piece that up, you know, 50% living expenses, 30 to, um, you know, li I call it life exp expenses, right? Like going out to eat food, grocery, all that, you know, how to enjoy your actual life. And then, you know, we're kind of now in the realm where that 15 to 20% needs to be saved for long-term goals or retirement, I'd say, you know, 10% goes to long-term, 10% goes to short-term. And we want to buy a house, you want to buy a car, or, you know, if you need a car, um, you want to buy a house, you want to start a business, things like that. Like put that into, into your short-term bucket, put 10% into your long-term bucket. You know, most people have retirement options through work as well, if you're going to stick it out somewhere. So that helps offset, but, um, yeah, there's there's no one one brilliant answer, but I guess sending it into um, 
an, an asset that gives you no return is, you know, that's the, the, the poor decisions that we saw and we all made for a long time and uh, didn't know any better and thought were cool because Tacomas are badass and everyone wants their rack and their little tent on top and go get their, you know, AR-15 and get ready for hunting season or put a new sweet scope on your hunting rifle. Like those are awesome. I'd, I'd say maybe there's a little return on the hunting rifles. If, if you're an avid hunter, but I'd say so meat, too. You're putting me in the freezer, but, um, the, yeah, the cars ones are tough. Um, whatever, cars are the, the easy ones to pick on, but you know, whatever you're buying, I mean, some go buy a watch or, you know, anything that you may throw the cash at that, that it's not going to bring you back. Um, any sort of returns, you could always say on paper is a bad investment. Um, but, and maybe it doesn't feel good to pay off the credit card debt or pay off, make a big student loan payment. Cause it feels like the money's just gone, but it'll probably do a lot, a lot better going forward in the future to pay off some debt or throw it into your home or, um, do something like that. Do a home renovation that you've been asking about. Just don't, don't go buy a car or a motorcycle or a dirt bike, you know, Shit one, of, that those, you don't one of those three, right? Toys. Don't buy fucking toys. Don't buy toys. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense, man. And, uh, speaking of which, I, I, I don't know if a lot of people out there that are listening to this, I don't know if they carry a lot of credit card debt, but previously to this windfall event, I know that we were some broke motherfuckers. So I, I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that we probably carried a lot of revolving debt in the form of credit cards or something that's high interest. As far as taking lops of that off, you're pretty much investing in your financial health because that money is only going to be, well, that, that, I guess that debt is only going to be gaining more debt and it's at an astronomical interest rate. Yeah. You, you, you take off five grand on something that's got a 23 plus if not more interest rate attached to it you're that's that that's going to go a lot more potentially into like financial freedom or financial stability um probably than even buying five grand of mutual funds yeah yeah honestly a, a mutual like you know a decent mutual fund or etf that you know be friendly, right? Maybe 10, 10, 12% returns. Over if you know of some of those, bit. show those to me. Cause I would love to get 10% or 12% on a mutual fund. Over, like, over the life, <laughs> over the lifetime. Yeah. Nothing right now is obviously given plus 10%, excuse me. But, um, you know, over the lifetime of, of the investment, you're probably looking at an 11 or 12% return. I mean, we're talking 30, 40 years, yeah. but not paying on the 27% on your, you know, XYZ credit card is going to hurt you a lot more than, than what that growth would have been. Oh, hundred percent. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that too with uh, bad financial decisions as well, not necessarily bad, but just misinformed financial decisions. Yeah. I'm, you're in the military man. And I've seen this, the same shit with the rookie hotshot firefighter. Who's like, we, we call hotshot rich, right? They come off the season and they're just loaded with, cash basically really that cash needs to be like allocated for your off season. Right. Right. Fucking you've seen it as soon as someone gets out of basic or they like go on, like before their first deployment, they go and get that like charger or challenger at like a 26% interest rate for fuck's sakes. Don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That one never made sense. Just stop doing that one. 
Nobody cares what kind of car you have. No one. That girl's still not going to talk to you. You have to build that <laughs> conversation. The car's not going to talk for you. Because once she gets in the car and you're still a dweeb, it doesn't change anything. Who's broke. Who's broke. And you can't pay for dinner because you have a 19% interest rate on a $750 a month payment making 18 bucks an hour. It, <laughs> Taco Bell and a charger is still Taco Bell, but I'm not hating on Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell, but for date night, you're, probably not winning, you're not winning any awards. No, hell no. So <laughs> paying down your and that one, uh, it, and that's such a thing. I mean, you could tell people that till you're blue in the face, and you know. But like, I also subscribe. Like, there's there's not a lot that you can say or do. Um, unfortunately, right? Like, twenty. 19 to 23 year old dudes are going to be 19 to 23 year old dudes. Oh yeah. Though I made those mistakes. I'm just as guilty. <laughs> I was like, I work, I, I actually work with uh, a, a small amount of collegiate athletes uh, with kind of this NIL stuff mm-hmm. going on. Um, and I kind of tell them the same thing. I was like, listen, man, I want you to get paid. I want you to make money. I want you to spend the money. Enjoy it. You know what I would have done? If I was able to make 10 grand as a college football player or umpteenth grand as a college, I would have done the same thing. But if we can do like baby, baby steps to build some good habits, you're not even going to see this money be gone, but it'll just set you up for when you actually care. Oh yeah. No, that's important. And then the small baby steps there that you're mentioning, right. And trying to make it like that money isn't even there. Like there's another trick that people can use to like, say like invest wisely, right? They can up their mm-hmm. TSP. If, if like you're, cause we already have this windfall of the back pay, right? There's a lot of people are getting all this money and they're, and they're still getting that until they hit their cap. Right. Mm-hmm. So for whatever is not paid back now throughout this fire season and the next fire season, well, you're still going to get that extra bonus, right? That extra okay. pay bonus until when, whenever the money runs out, basically there this, this law, the bipartisan infrastructure law, expires, right? It's got an expiration date on it. So if you're already doing well right now, I mean, and you're making ends meet, which is probably pretty hard, what would you do with this money moving forward past the windfall event? Yeah. So, um, you kind of, this is where it's, it's a little bit, it's hard to give those broad brush, um, advice more from a personal standpoint and technically like a compliance standpoint. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, but <laughs> getting yelled at from the bathroom. Oh, I hear you, man. Um, I got two kids myself, <laughs> but it depends on the person. It, uh, this would be a thing of like, Hey, know thyself, depending on what steps you want to do. Are you a lump sum person or are you a payment structure? Um, kind of commitment person, you know. Sometimes are you are you non commitment or a commitment type of person? And I get different answers from different people. But say if you're non commitment, find something solid. Whether it's um, God, I mean, you could talk any sort of investment in mutual funds, real estate, um, life insurance, for God's sake. Um, anything like that. And you can throw a lump sum into it. Be happy, job done, did well. I I would say you should probably add to continue to contribute to that, but that can do well. Um, If not, 
I know a lot of people, I don't like monthly payments, but I also know I'm a very bad spender. So I need my money. Um, I need to know it's attached to something or it's gone and it's out on an automatic payment and I don't even see it. I don't get the opportunity to spend it. I don't get to do anything dumb because I, I, I tell my clients all the time. I was like, if I have money in my bank account, I want to spend it too. Cause it's there. I work my ass. Yeah. It's there. I work my ass off for it. I want to enjoy my life. And I think this is kind of one thing too, where I, re- I can resonate with a lot of, you know, first responders, firefighters, military cops, all that. I was like, I, I get it. I understand what we go through, went through, go through, continue to do on a daily basis or things like that. And you, you get the kind of that little voice in the back of your head, like, Hey man, any day. So probably enjoy this money while we got it. And I'm like, dude, I get it. I fully get it, but there's better ways to go about it. Yeah. Don't to buy all the stupidest things ever. Yeah, that Gucci watch is not up. doing well. Set your, yeah, I was like, I was like, more more of us come out than don't. So set yourself up for the future to be happy for your family and and all those things. Um, so I would say, you know, work, find a professional, work with someone, work with someone you trust, find someone you like working with. If you need to set yourself up for automatic monthly payments, deductions coming out, you can't even touch it, and you're locked into that routine, and that keeps you on point. Do it. Um, if you have the discipline to be self-directed, I'm always a little like hesitant. Um, but I was like, find someone you know that can give you good advice, some tips, some ideas to bounce some stuff off of. Um, try to be smart, be disciplined. If you're a lump sum person, do your again, find a professional with the lump sum. I was like, please find a professional, cover your bases, talk to people, do research, right? Because that's a heartbreaking story. Like you hear it with military with bonuses and and things like that. And it's, I threw 20 grand into this deal and it's gone or, you know what I mean? And that's something I never want to see for people. Um, But do your research, talk, ask a million questions. Right. And, you know, if you, if you put it into a mutual fund or an ETF or the stock market, anything stock market related um, and you're okay with it just being, that'll be fine. You know, if you want to, dabble into real estate and things like that and you know start a business start a podcast start you know um dive into social media or wait i just have landscaping or i watch all these crazy tiktoks of uh like uh the water cleaning the pressure washer guys i always get the i'm on some weird algorithm of like cleaning TikToks, probably because I just use it to zone out. <laughs> you know, you want to start a business, you need some capital. I mean, do things like that. I, I tell people all the time, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of here. I'm, I'm here as an advisor, right? I'm here to advise you. Nothing, nothing I really do. And I don't think a lot of financial advisors will admit this because this is some guys like kind of claim or sell like nothing I do is really going to make you wealthy. It's not not my job to make you wealthy. It's my job to advise you on your finances and your wealth and put you in a position for the most success. But your current income, nothing is going to make more than your current income. Now, you could tell, you know, Bitcoin, Wall Street bets, GameStop, like that's a a one in a million. That's a one in a million crazy story. Uh, I was like, I don't know if you get a bunch of comments on yours, but maybe someone will comment talking shit. But I'm like, don't give me the fucking one in a million crazy story. I was like, that's gambling. So yeah. you, you, that guy 
fucking invested in GameStop or go to Vegas. Like that's not what I'm talking about. But like, um, if you do stuff like that or stock market things, like that's going to build your wealth. You're creating passive income, like through your investments or real estate. We all want to get to the dream where that tips, right? And our our passive income and you know whatever. Yeah, this I think the sexy term is passive income, right? Where something that we don't even touch or talk about or do is just sending us checks. And I'm like, do you know what percentage of people that that really like all these social media gurus that tell you that like full of shit, they're full of shit. I was like one, because if they're to be fair, outside of a certain type of like social media, famous person, like if they're famous on social media or YouTube, usually they're working their ass off. Oh yeah. You are working hard to do that. And if you didn't come from money and you slowly built up a real estate portfolio that now you wake up every day and a certain amount of money hit, that's not passive income. No, you that work is your a lifetime. That's a decade, two decades of working your ass off, finding deals, closing deals, finding the right one, losing your ass on one, dealing with contractors, doing like that's not passive. I, I just don't like the term. No, it's kind of really. a lie. It's, like, it's catchy. It's a it's a catchphrase, is all it is. I was like, that dude worked as like uh, uh like Grant Cardone. I, everyone freaking follows that guy on Instagram, I think. I don't know if anyone doesn't follow Grant Cardone, he's a real estate guy. But I was like, he says it all the time. I was like, dude, you're one of the guys I like. And I was like, you worked your ass off for decades, like building a real estate empire. You don't make passive income. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no such thing as passive income, man. And that's, that's one of the things too, is like, you mentioned starting a business there. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have the opportunity, like in the off season, if you're a seasonal employee and you only work, you know, eight months out of the year, fuck it, man, turn your hobby into like something that's going to make you money. Now, did I do that with mine? I guess you could say that. I mean, my podcast is kind of a, it is a business. It's an LLC, right? However, mm-hmm. is it making me a paycheck? Fuck no, it's not because it takes the work to build that up, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I've taken yeah. yet to have a single paycheck out of this whole fucking thing. But you know what? It's at a point to where it's solvent and it's fun. It's my hobby. It's awesome, right? Right. And and that's that's kind of what I told you. I was like, nothing's going to make you more than your income or your business. Nothing is going to build your wealth more than your business. If those two are tied together, um, you'll probably make the most, right? Like business owners and small business owners and things like that generally are always going to make more scalable potentially than an employee will, right? That if you have a W2 income, you may be limited. Yeah. Right. As a federal employee or a state employee, you know, you're limited because you literally fall into the only brackets that they can pay you based on whatever your GS level is. Yeah. Your GS level, your this level, your that, your, your rank, right? Like, you're just, you're locked into that, um, which is fine. I mean, that's just where, that's where budgeting comes in. And, um, you know, not, I'm not saying everyone has to be like entrepreneurial or go do crazy stuff to, to live a happy, healthy, financially healthy lifestyle. But it takes a lot of work though, to do that, that like no shit, dude, owning a business, it's fucking work. It's not passive. Like you were saying earlier. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Because every time I hear that term, I I can't even think of something of even how, like, and I'm, I'm I'm probably I'm speaking to a certain type of audience, right? Like, unless you were born into a trust fund mm-hmm. or you won the lottery 
or you won a shitload of money in Vegas gambling, which I still, I'm like, you still had to take the risk. So I give you credit. If you, if you took enough risk to bet enough money to win enough, that would change your life. And you just threw that all into someone's going to talk so much shit. But I was like, you threw that God forbid into like an annuity (laughs) and it just paid you a salary for the rest of your life. Like, okay, sure. I guess that's your passive income because you just, you know, you bet on black one time, but I'm like, outside of that, I I just never understood the sentence. I was like, if you've built something up so much that you don't have to do much to receive income, the, the built part still had to happen. Yeah. It's not passive. That foundation still had to be there in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, human beings are, I don't think there's any other species in the world that are absolute like victims to the like right now where it's like, Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't, sat at my desk or had to respond or take a phone call in seven years. I just received passive income. I'm like, okay, what'd you do for 20? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I made a hundred phone calls. You know, I made a hundred dollars a day. Got told no 10,000 times and finally got the right deal. I was like, okay, so you don't have fucking passive income. You <laughs> built a business. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. Yeah. But I mean, all these like little parts, right? They add up to something bigger and that's your financial future, right? And that's the ultimate end goal, right? We want the two and a half kids, white picket fence and you know, the, the house and whatever, right? right? So setting yourself up for your future, especially when you retire. Now that's kind of the tricky part because we tend to think about just what's in front of us, right? Yeah, that one's, I mean, nobody wants to think about that. I, I, every once in a while I get on calls, you know, we, we kind of call them under 25s. <laughs> um, we, I mean, you talk to um, like an under 25, especially males, like you talk to an under 25 year old male and it's not something about some crazy real estate deal or the get coolest stock that's going to get them, steam. yeah, get them rich, like immediately, like they have no interest in it, right? Because Obviously, we were both at some point under 25 and males and we're both idiots and thought we were better than the world and nothing could defeat us. And then you're like, oh, shit, I gotta open up one of them in retirement accounts. <laughs> I got kids. <laughs> shit, they got to go to school. They got to go to college. Yeah. Wait, they, they need food all the time? <laughs> yes. Sure? This is a thing. This is definitely a thing. Oh, every day? Gee, all right. Well, <laughs> um, no, it's a tough one. I mean, who recording so, in progress? The hell was this? Oh, that might've been my zoom side. No, I think it was mine. Cause I just, anyways, dude, <laughs> dude, my zoom, my zoom client has been having some serious issues lately. Like I'll go to like hit record it. And I was already recording before you even got into the room here. So uh, I don't think it was recording for the previous, but it is now apparently. So Anyways, sorry, dude. Go keep going. Yeah, kids hey, need hopefully food. We did, hopefully, you didn't lose all that. <laughs> no, it's it's. Well, I got a backup over here, so hopefully. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to see that you know thousand meter target 40, 50, 60 years down the road for some people potentially. Um, Everybody wants to die hands like right away. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, well, I get some people too. Um, where it's like, oh, no, I, I won't live past 70. I'm like, mm, yes, you will. No, I, I was like, dude, I, I interact with, I was like, I get it. I interact with the door kicking pipe hitting badass motherfuckers that walk the earth in all facets, right? I was like, I got special ops dudes. I got firefighters. I've got SWAT guys. Like every, every type of drink 
I've got dudes that I work with. They all say the same thing and it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You're going to live, live long. Like human beings are living longer than we ever have. It's only going to get better. So don't plan that you're just going to kick the bucket at 70. I was like, you're probably going to live till you're 90 years old. Yeah. Comfortably. If not beyond that. I was like, you have to plan for that. Cause people are like, Oh, I'll live till 80. I was like, okay, what if you don't what if you live till 87? Yeah. It's not a, that's not a wild number. No, it's not. Not at all, dude. My grandpa ate steaks and ripped cigs every day, and he lived to eighty-eight. So I was like, <laughs> it's, "It's not out. It's not out of the the uh, the norm." But um, it, you you've got to build. It's one of those things. Um, I relate it back a lot to military things, a lot to medical training, and probably a, a ton with fire. Like fire would be super applicable if you're not doing all the small little things, like to get the job done, like. The, the guys that know and the guys that are in it, it's not like the the dudes pouring buckets or some crazy hotshot crew that's like, oh, they parachuted in and just put out a fire. I was like, mm, no, they they got their order, prepped their gear, rigged up correctly, got in to where they needed to be, landed to their spot, executed through all these tiny little drills and things. Like you don't just jump in and put out a fire. No, you know what I mean? There's no way. You just, right? You don't just like. I was like, hey, guess what? I know how to jump out of planes. I don't know how to put out a fire in the middle of the forest. So if I don't know that side of it, I'll just jump my ass into a fire. And that was fun. Cool. So like, I tell people, I guess this is the best way to, to relate it, um, especially the wildland. I was like, you don't just put out a fire, right? No. Like that's kind of thinking, oh, I'll just, I'll worry about retirement when I get there. I was like, mm, you probably should start training prep your gear, check your gear, train with your gear before you have to use it. And then go through a little more simulated, little more, little more, little more, little more. Yeah. Then that first call comes and you go put out fire. So you you got to build that in. You got to think of it. You got to think of it like your job, like your training, like your finances are another part of your life and your job and your training. You got to be just as disciplined with that as you are showing up to work and Work out every day, staying fit, eating right, staying on top of your training, staying on top of your certs and all your stuff, right? It's it's the same thing. Nobody wants to think of it like that because no. our jobs are stressful enough. Who wants to add the stress of money? It fucking just, like, sucks. Sprinkle some more stress on top of it. Yeah, that. let's just no sprinkle that. that right on top. Like, oh hey man, I'm jumping in and you know, trying not to burn to death in the middle of a forest. Like can you just make sure my Roth IRA is okay? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and I, I completely understand that, but it's just, you know, it's one of those things you've got to build those little things into it. And you're not going to save for retirement in one year. You're not going to save for it in 10 years. You're going to save for it over 25, 35 years of working slowly, but surely throw it in, throw it in. Uh, like right now, depending on what you're invested in, you're probably going to feel like, you have to eat shit at whatever 33% loss that the market's at right now. Especially if, if you, you know, we joked earlier, if you're in the aggressive TSP right now, like don't look at your goddamn statement. Yeah. Do not look it's, at that. It's, it's not going to feel good, but guess what? As long, this is a, a caveat, right? As long as you are not currently retired, you're fine. Yeah. Buy, you make your monthly contributions, your dollar cost averaging into investments, which 98% of people of investment people. That's all we do. 
just to burst the bubble on that one. <laughs> Bingo. This is not rocket science. We're going to dollar cost average you into a very aggressive fund. And you, the one caveat you get extra is you get professional management and asset re-asset allocation. When something bad happens or something really good is happening and we can catch you on the up. Right. And we get, you just get your cost is that you get a group that it's their job to look for that stuff. Not just, Oh, it's late at night. I got done with work. I'm going to check some stuff and maybe I make the right decision. Like from my phone, that's about the only difference. Yeah. If I'm going to be very, very candid, <laughs> um, <laughs> but which is, which is a good thing for most people, but you just got to build that in. Like right now I tell people, you know, people joke all the time, like, Oh, buy low and sell high. It does like, well, it's super low right now and people freak out about buying. So, which is weird, right? It, it's such a silly thing that yeah. it's like, oh my God, the stock market's down. I don't want to buy any of that. I'm like, I think people Why? are just trying to time the dip. I think that's what kind of like they talk themselves out of it. And it's like, no, that's that whole dollar cost averaging thing, right? It's like, well, well it's, it's like, down, it's down. Buy it, fuck it, man. If, if it goes down more, just buy some more if you have the money. Buy to do more. It. <laughs> oh, oh, this is what I tell people all the time buy more. Well, what if it goes down lower? Okay, do, do you have income? Are you, I'm not, I'm now this is a different conversation, right? I didn't say sell your house, sell your car, you know, sell a kidney. And th- buy, put everything you have, and then it dips for another three months. I was like, "Yeah, put the five hundred bucks in there. Yeah. Don't, don't go buy a new gun. Just don't put, think about it. Just three, do it. Three hundred bucks in there. You have plenty of ammo. You, you don't need another s- snowboard. You don't need a new pair of skis. But you know what I mean. Like, throw it back in there. And I tell people all the time, there's no." metric ever in the history of the stock market that over a 15 year period is there negative returns. This is true. Never happened ever in the history since it opened to today in no 15 year period has the stock market ever been negative. So this is a long game. Now, yes, if you have people listening or anything like that, like if, if you are currently retired, these are tough spots and this is where, um, I, I would do the shameless plug of this is these are the reasons and the moments that you would you would work with a professional. You would have an advisor, you'd have someone you trust because built into your entire plan, literally 50% of what we do for planning is for downturns in the market and keeping people from permanent loss of capital, right? Yeah. We build, we literally, as their plan builds, they'll see these little weird charts and they're like, oh, what's this? They're like that's Literally every every seven years when the stock market dips, this is what we're gonna do. So you don't sell, you know, your 401k and your IRA and your TSPs, which are all, you know, market-based retirement accounts. You don't have to get your 20 grand at a 20% loss and never make up and never make up for that. Yeah. So it's like having an escape plan, like a safety zone escape route for yeah, your, you have, your you have your, you have your safe, we we always use the term buckets. It's like you have your aggressive buckets your mid-level buckets and your safe buckets, right? You can't just be all aggressive because right now you'd be hurting. You don't want to be all middle and safe because you miss out on potential and opportunities, right? Like yeah. for you, for myself, for probably a lot, a lot of people listening to your pot where you're in the, you're in the seat. Like you don't want to miss out on great returns in the market and in the economy because you, you can survive the losses. Um, and like, and the same thing, you don't want to be just safe because you, you, you just miss out on a lot of potential. 
Um, you know, some people you talk to them a lot and you, you work with clients and, and they just, the anxiety and, and the pain and the uncomfortableness of potential losses for them is more than they even care to handle on gains. There's like, I, I don't care. I, I, I have a good salary. I have a good retirement. I I'm a good spender. I got a good budget, right? They fall into all those categories and they're like, I, I don't care if it grows by a dollar. I just don't ever want to see it go backwards. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, I'm not going to add stress to your life. We've got some stuff, you know, and any advisor, there's going to be stuff they can do, but some, some people just fall into that category. They're like, I don't, I don't care what it does. I just don't want to see you negative. Yeah. All right, no, well, no one wants to see a negative return, man. I mean, it's even if it's like two or three years, I mean, we've seen that in the past, right? Two or yep. three years, it's going down, 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 down. Right. And then what do you know? There's that inverse and it's going back up. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. hard. I, I use a story and I, I'll butcher the numbers. I, I read the article and it was very interesting, but um, I have a, a great friend of mine actually was just at his house uh, this weekend. He's, he's super into real estate. That's, that's his thing. Um, and he sent me this article and it was the most, the most made self-made millionaires in the United States of America came about from 2009 to 2013. Right after the 2008 collapse. Right after the crash. Yeah. Right. Um, which is sad to say, and it's, it's not like all these guys are doing any of the shady stuff that was going on to cause that, but you just saw an opportunity and you kind of took it. And I kind of tell people that all the time. I was like, these dips and these crashes, these are opportunities to, to take, to take three steps instead of taking our baby steps. This is an opportunity to take, you know, three steps. That's not going to make us run the whole lap or, or the whole mile or the whole race, but you take three quick steps. That's, that's a nice feeling. Yeah. Get a lead on something at least. Yeah. 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 You're not going to, you're, you're just, I tell people, Jesse, I'm not going to be the guy and most, you know, most advisors you talk to probably shouldn't there, you know, if it's something about getting rich overnight or getting rich quick, I mean, I, I'd probably hang up the phone. (laughs) That shit doesn't exist though. I mean, yeah, I just, I, like I joke with my, but I've got friends and stuff that are clients. I I told them, you know, early when I was starting my career, I was like, Hey man, you're you're never going to get a, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street phone call from me. Like, Hey dude, freaking, you know, ABC tech unlimited, just sign this government. You got to buy it right now. You're going to be rich in six months. I was like, hurry up and do it before the market closes on Friday. And then it'll open us up on Monday. And then we'll just do all this. And we'll just compound it with some, some calls and all this other shit. (laughs) You're never going to get that phone call from me. (laughs) Plus, you know, insider trading, that whole thing. That's a wild, that's a wild world, man. Oh yeah. Wild world. Dirty. There's the dirty part about investing. One of and that's the thing, like, and that's the thing. I think you know, it, and it's it's inevitable, right? You, yeah. You're gonna have people with lots of money, lots of influence, and lots of capabilities to make themselves and close friends a lot of money. You know, I, I kind of joke all the time. I was like, yeah, I didn't come for money. I don't have money. I, you know, maybe I have decent morals, and you know, I grew up a certain way or was raised a certain way. Blah blah blah. And, and yeah, maybe sitting here right now, yeah, sure, I wouldn't do it. I have no idea what I would do in that sitting in that chair with that decision to be made with that many zeros on the line for myself and my family. I, I don't know what I, I could do. Anyone, anyone could sit on the pedestal. Oh, I'd never do that. Oh, bullshit. I, I, was like, bullshit. I was like, bro, 
<laughs> I don't know how many jokes we can get into. I hope you're like, I'm sure your audience has a great sense of humor, but I was like, you know how many, like, what if scenarios like are thrown around in a, you know, in a military field environment, I'm sure a firefighter hotshot buggy oh, yeah. back of a hotshot environment, sitting back at the camp, how many, how much money would it take to do X, Y, Z conversations uh-huh. I had? That's a common like, You're telling me you're not going to tell someone something that's going to make you billions with a beat. But, <laughs> that's but a lot you, of commas, bro. But, but you, you chug a bottle of ranch for 50 bucks. Like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, dude, granted enough commas. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. A thousand dollars is like a life-changing amount of money for myself included, but not only just myself, but a majority of the wild egg community. That's shit done of money for a lot of us, right? But yes. when you start adding multiple commas onto that and you're going to say you're not going to step up to the plate and do it, I guarantee you there'll be enough thought, commas to what yeah. you're considering it. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, don't get me wrong. Some of those people do make some decisions that affect people's lives and you know, you know, those are, I, I make the joke all the time. I get friends ask me stupid questions. It's like, those are the tables and the conversations and, you know, the decisions that I never want to be a part of or see. And I will, I will live my life, you know, in ignorance of that. But I was like, willfully yeah, of, course they, of course they happen. Oh yeah. Duh. 100% dude. They have to. But I was like, if I'm just making a decision that makes me a lot of money and someone just loses a lot of money, doesn't really affect someone's like lives or send us to war. I'm like, I can't sit here and say, oh yeah, I would never do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea. I'm right I got two you, kids. <laughs> I got two kids too, man. It's like, I get it, dude. Maybe you caught me on a bad day. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw you. <laughs> we're going to wherever. We're, we're going to go buy a, a, a private jet. <laughs> Oh man. So let's buy, talk- wait, so I could just say yes and I can buy an island. <laughs> <laughs> and go. <laughs> yeah. So aside from insider trading, let's talk TSP a little bit more, right? So we have mm-hmm. TSP out there for the permanent employees in the Forest Service and the Department of the Interior. And unfortunately, you have to be at perm to be a part of this, right? Yep. Now you're automatically invested at 3% typically. That's usually what your entry level is. And you're just like defaulted to G fund. Now there's multiple funds, all that stuff. TSP can be kind of confusing at times, but let's talk TSP. Let's kind of give it like the sparks notes slash spell it out for a five-year-old kind of demo for TSP. Absolutely. I I butcher these all. I look at these constantly and I still butcher them. So I was just pulling up um, the funds to reassess but yeah basically when you opt in as most federal employees get the tsp i know there's some caveats right but for for those with tsp you're always going to get thrown in the g fund it's it's a money market fund it's very safe it is the literally category we were just joking about of you don't really ever want to see anything going backwards like if you're investing in a g fund right now i think you're you're probably around like maybe losing a percent or two right now. So it's practically nothing. It's negligible. Maybe a little more. Don't quote me on that one. I'm sure it might be a little more at the steepest, right? But nothing insane. But also on the flip side, you're, you know, you're maybe getting five or 6% return on your investment. Mm -hmm. So not much, right? So money market bond level of investment return, but it's very safe. 
and I don't, I don't say it in like a negative way, right? Like it's a government built investment fund and plan. They have to be safe that, you know, broad brush, whole, you know, all people, how can we help people? How can we help the most people and hurt the least? So yeah. you got to find safe investment options, right? Um, so then you have like the FCS and I fund. We typically, I tip like I, I, I'm kind of an open book. It's like, I'm in the S fund, right? Like that's where I was. Yeah. Super aggressive. Um, you know, us large cap, mid cap, um, and a couple other things. So all your, all your big us companies that you'd see, you know, um, so you like your blue chips and your Apple, Google, your GE, Apple, Google, GM, Ford, um, you know, some of the big banks are kind of in there. They're holding companies and whatnot. Um, yeah, you know, S and P 500 basically. Gotcha. Um, so those, those big ones. And then there's between the rest of them, the I fund is about the only one I'm not super familiar with. Um, I never messed with that one. I believe it's international markets or emerging markets. It's international and emerging. It's the only, uh, this is my, this is kind of my problem with the TSP. Um, just between only having five funds, it's very limited. The fact that those are separate, um, and this is kind of going to like some nerdy stuff, but like, I don't like that those are separate because that's kind of when we talk about diversification. Like, I, you want to be in all those things. You want to be in an international and emerging markets because sometimes they do really well. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like the F and the C fund are, are the moderate and then the slightly aggressive or whatever it is. But they're they're all good options. Um, some people I know they'll play the game and they will like sit and watch and trade and switch from fund to fund. And you know I heard you know the story that guys were walking out of the military with like a million bucks, one point five mil, sitting in their TSP, the you know, and then day trading on their military or their uh, basically dra- basically day trading. Like they had, you know, they were office job, you know, supply logistic uh, human resource type of jobs. And they had, you know, they had the time and the ability that they could sit there and tinker and, and they did really well, which is, I mean, it's cool that that's an option. I, 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 I will formally say, I don't really care if this, I will formally say, I will never advise that any service member or law enforcement fire EMS people participate in day trading because there's rules to it. There's rules that I can confidently say you do not have the time, resources, or insider information to do it very well <laughs> and do it successfully because most people lose like 95% of people, 98% of people lose day trading. So I would always suggest not doing that. Um, but there, there's your one uh, good ending story that hopefully doesn't give people too many <laughs> <To bright ideas. laughs> Um, but the TS, the TSP is great. It's a great resource. Um, I tell people all the time, uh, this might've been one of the other questions I tell people all the time, especially when you're young, depending on your job, just do the Roth contribution, pay the tax now, don't pay it later. Right. You're for most people in, in the service, um, in five, I mean, well, I make a joke except for, you know, California and like Boston firefighters who make quarter of a million dollars a year. Right. Um, most like service members and, and people in, as first responders, like 
you're not really ever going to get yourself into a tax bracket or an income level that doesn't allow you can to contribute to Roth. So I would say contribute now, right? It, it builds the habit. Like you see the money leave it's after tax money. You see the money leave. It sits there. It grows um, tax or not tax deferred tax free. You pull it out tax free. It's great, right? Like once you see that statement at retirement, like, you know, that's how much money you have. If you have, you know, a million bucks in there, you know, from age 60 till whatever, I've got a million dollars to live off, you know, yeah. so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, utilize, uh, this, this, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you guys as well get a match? We do. Yeah. I think okay. it's up to, I think the cap is 7%, I believe. And I forget how it, how it works. I mean, it's been a long time since I messed with TSP and we have like special uh, rules, just much like the real military does. Right. You have like special contributions. You can go up to X amount or they'll match yeah. this. So. Yeah. I, I want to say our, I want to say the military one, maybe 10, but I'm not sure. I do five. I get, I do five. I get matched five, which for me, that's, you know, 10% of my savings. It just goes there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you can, I'd say if you don't have a lot of expenses, like young single, um, you know, you don't have a lot of locked in expenses. I should say with, you know, kids, wife, mortgage, daughter, mortgage, not taking care of a family member, you know, something like that. You're solo living on your own. Um, I would get the most match that you can get your 7%, get them to give you 7% back, like max that baby out. Right. Don't, don't think about it. Just do it. Um, and, and that, that, that stuff's nice. Like I, it helps build those habits. It helps, you know, it's, it's one of those ones. So set it and forget it. Like throwing money into a Roth 401k for lack of a better term, basically it's basically what the TSP is. is. Um, and yeah, it, it's just a nice little bucket of money that's going to be there for you. Oh, so yeah. Well, yeah. that's another cool, like fringe benefit, I guess, of the TSP too. Say you like come across a financial hardship, right. Or you want to take a loan out against your TSP. A lot of people don't know this, but you can take a loan out against your TSP for those reasons, but you're paying yourself the interest back into your TSP fund. So when you pay the interest, you're not paying uncle Sam, you're paying yourself that interest. Yep. Yeah. You borrowed the money from yourself and then there, yeah, they, they had that little clause caveat basically that, yeah, the interest goes back into it anyways. Which so is dope. Not a lot of it's a good, it's a great tool. It's a great resource. Um, let's say, cause I just, we have, I just had someone do that with their, their life insurance. You can do the same exact thing. Um, but the, some people do that, like they do their 401k loans, which is, it's nice. It's a nice tool, but you don't have that interest is going to whoever's managing uh, the fund, whatever finance, yeah. Financial institution owns that 401k. Um, so yeah, it's a phenomenal resource for that one as well. And they have, um, especially with the financial hardships, depending on that, there's sometimes you can take, you can just take the money out with no penalty yep. as well without paying a 10% penalty, depending on the situation. Oh yeah, man. Well, when I left government service, man, I cashed out my TSP and, uh, I was at 4% and that 1% on top of the three that's already matched to you since I was paying for it, it, it dude, it, it like t- 
compounded or not compounded, but it was like a lot more money that I could ever realize than if I was just stuck at three. Cause I was only a perm for like six years or something like that. Right. And over mm-hmm. that time I had a pretty good chunk of change to where, I mean, I separated from service. So I just said, fuck it. I'll take the tax hit, which was probably not the smartest idea. I probably could have done that better, but, uh, yeah, I used that for a down payment on my house. So yeah. it, it adds up quick, man. It adds up real quick. Well, see, there's a conversation, right? You can break those numbers down. Like, okay, you took a 10% hit. Usually it's a 10% penalty plus your, whatever your income tax is at the time. Yeah. So whatever that equated to, maybe you probably lost 20%, maybe. Maybe. It's usually, yeah. it's actually, I think it's only state income tax. So maybe like 17%, depending on where you live. Well, it's a cool place. Uh, the cool thing about Nevada is we don't have a state income tax here. So, see, there you go. You probably only took a 10% hit off of that. You throw that into a home, especially where in where are you at Nevada? Don't Reno, Reno right? is so, fucking sky high right now. So you definitely are getting more return, more than ten percent return on that money through your home. Oh yeah, so, oh yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it was really fortunate. You break the, any decision if you break the numbers down, the numbers make sense. You know, some, there's people I tell that to people all the time. So you're you're gonna take a hit, Uncle Sam the government, some sort of licensing or servicing, you know, court, like someone somewhere is getting their cut. Oh yeah. But you're going to make more than what you take the hit for. Oh, hundred percent, man. And like, uh, even the equity that we've gained in our house, I mean, this is what, that was one of the best financial decisions I've ever made. Yeah. It felt like getting kicked in the nuts when that tax bill came out, but it panned out like hopefully the housing market doesn't take a shit on us. Cause I'll be stuck in this thing. Cause you can't go anywhere, <laughs> but if it's yeah. stable, then well, we're doing good. Yeah. I live in, I live in Iowa and I'm shocked at what the housing prices are out here. Oh really? Pretty bad out yeah. there. Relatively. Right. Like there's a couple where, and mind you, I'm coming from Salt Lake city, Utah, which is, was just ridiculous. Nominally ridiculous. But I mean, there's times out here. I was like, that's not, that's not a $450,000 home. It's just like, it's just not like, you just look at something and I'm like, that's not $450,000 of value. It's like, you just can't ask people for that. That's ridiculous. How the hell are you justifying this? Like, it's like the, we have a meme that circulates around like the Reno forums or whatever, or like the, the Reno lights, if you will. And it's like, Mm -hmm. A be- it's like a, a picture of like a beat up mobile home with the doors ripped off and all the windows <laughs> broken up. It's like, Oh, excellent starter home, two bedroom, two bath, no garage. Starting price is like $600,000. <laughs> yeah. Cash only cash only. It's wild, man. But yeah, TSP is a great little program. And I think it's uh for the perms out there that are listening to this, it's a good opportunity, especially if you have a additional income like if you're to dial it in, like you're saying it to where you don't even notice that, that I guess it's not even a loss. You're just reinvesting into your future. You're making your money work for you. Right. If you could dial it up to like four or 5% and still get by and make ends meet. Fuck dude, do it. It's free money. Yeah. Whatever they met, I tell people, whatever they're going to match you contribute that because it's free money. Mm-hmm. No, it's, so, I was like, don't go over because you want to, that's where you can put that money to better use. But Wherever they're going to give you free money, take it, especially from the government. No, oh, yeah. And, yeah. As, a, as a current it. government, as still a current government employee, I, I, I uh, encourage you to take money from the government. Oh, yeah. If anything, they owe it to you. 
And there's some other little funds in there too. I know that, uh, back in, I want to say like 2016 or something like that. they did like the, uh, life cycle funds, I believe is what they're called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the 20, if like, basically you target your retirement date and say, I'll retire in, is that how target target date funds? Yeah. They still have those still an option. Um, I I don't necessarily, it's, it's hard for me to encourage that with a lot of like current service members. Um, but then just honing in on service members, just cause it's, it's such a 50, 50 of like, are you going to do 20, 25 years yeah. of active service? Like everyone kind of says that. And then I'm like, mm, call, call me when you're at like year seven or eight. If you're still, if you still have that same energy and then maybe we'll talk about a target date fund, um, Federal employees, I, I'm sure maybe a little more plausible, but I mean, I could imagine for a wildland guy, like it's, it's probably it's sometimes about the same lifespan, right? Like the first two about. years, you're like, oh, I'm doing this forever. This is great. It's like year seven or eight. You're like, all right, have I had enough of the bullshit? And then it's, you know, maybe you get to like year 12 and you're in a different role. But I'm like, I know, you know, that lifespan is, is fairly similar. It's got to be similar. I mean, I, I lasted what, 11 years. And then, you know, it's, it's like every, it's like a saying out there is like every third year firefighter is a lifer until they get to oh, yeah. like year eight. <laughs> They're yeah. like, oh, oh same yes. thing. Arms is the exact same way. Oh, yeah. Every Like you're in your second year, third year. You're like, oh yeah, I'll do this forever. Like you have no responsibilities. You have no clue. Like you just show up and do shit. And you think like, that's the army. <laughs> and like sometimes you get in trouble or yelled at and you're just like yeah just show up do 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 do, do. like this is awesome and it's like yeah man like get a little rank on your chest get a little responsibility and start like start seeing behind a couple of the doors and like you know oh what's the damn saying of like how the cow's made or how the how the milk's made or whatever like start seeing how the milk's made and then it's like eh. Like this. I do not like milk anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that's gross. What are they doing to us? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing too. Is like TSP is not your only option. I know we pay into an annuity and uh, all this other stuff, right? We got basically a three tiered system. I don't know if the military is the same way. Is it pretty similar? Um, in, in what way? The so there's like a special retirement bracket, right? So I believe it is an annuity. And this is why I'm talking to you because, well, you're a financial advisor and you're in the military, but of course, fire is going to be a little bit different, right? So we have a special FERS retirement. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Special f- retirement rate. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I, I dipped my toe into a bit of FERS. Um, I have not fully dived in because it's, it's, it's like every, I say the same thing about every, anything to do with the government. I was like, it's probably good. It's fine, but it's not great. And there's gonna be a lot of paperwork and a bunch of stupid rules. And <laughs> I have to dive into it all the time. And I've got, cause I've got clients all over the country from, you know, where I've lived or referral, you know, obviously through military and stuff, you got guys all over the place. So it's like, you dive into like certain state benefits and then you dive into pe- like people with fur, like it, it's, it's kind of an endless thing, but um, it, it all depends on, it all depends on what you want. Um, I, I, I know I keep saying this is it's, it's super hard to, to, to kind of give those advice or answers without like knowing the person, like what are they looking for? Yeah, like you gotta get a snapshot of their financial health. Yeah. What can you, yeah. It's what, not a one size fits all solution either. 
what what do you need? Like, how much money do you need? Like, what is your living expenses? What's your health like? What you know? What's your health insurance look like? Do you what was your life insurance? Did someone talk you into buying long term care when you were young? Like, what are all those things built in? And then it's like, okay, I think annuity. Um, can you guys can you guys lump sum it? That I'm not sure of. Um, I'd have to talk to a couple of people that just went into retirement and I know they're getting fucked with right now. I know that, uh, the 90% of time, they 90, 90% of times they roll it into an annuity just so it can make you steady monthly payments. Yeah. Um, I think, and I'm sure the option, like you can send that over to a private brokerage firm you could probably send it to whatever federally authorized bank or financial institution that, um, Basically babysit it for you. Yeah, that'll babysit it for you. So I'm sure there's those options. Um, or I, and then I, I, I know you can take the direct contributions from the TSB. Yeah, you can do that. I do know that you can do um, that. So it it all kind of depends on what you want. The you know, especially with an annuity or like a variable annuity, which is tied, you know, an annuity tied to the stock market essentially. Um, yeah, there. I mean, they're all options and. For the right person, they're all the right option. Um, this I, I'll fall back on this too. Is so I say just call someone if you know someone. Um, you know, you have the weird family friend or your cousin or your uncle that was the finance guy or the insurance guy or the investor guy that you knew. Like at least give them a call. Do research. Um, you know, like I always I'll say it a million times. Call me. Reach out to me. Send me a social media or email or, or whatever. I'm happy to help as well. But in those scenarios, that's the one where it's like, like, go talk to someone. You know what I mean? Like, talk to a professional. I promise you, not everyone's trying to take your damn money. No one want, like, don't want to rob you. It's like, I was gonna, I was like, I was trying to figure out like a way to make this joke and to like be funny. I was like, if you call the right person and like the right successful financial advisor, like, they're, they're doing all right. They don't need to like rip you off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're living quite comfortably. Like they, they don't, they, they don't need to take advantage of. If you call the wrong one, the, don't get wrong. Nobody's perfect. I'm sure there's some freaking horrible, shady, shitty people in this business. It's like it the goes chaser, ambulance chasers of the financial world, basically. Thousand percent, yeah. Hundred yeah. um, percent, it exists. I'd never deny it. But just call someone. Take you know, take a meeting, reach out, find what option is best for you. Again, if you're self-directed, you know, lock into the like right type of research because I mean the research is probably you know make your head spin or be a little overwhelming if you know you just Google search yeah. options. Yo, um, and heads but, up, people, Wall Street bets is not research. <laughs> yeah, Wall Street bets, uh, whatever crazy other Reddit, Twitter, TikTok, fucking guru that you think you're gonna listen to, like. Dave Ramsey is not the fucking answer to all your prayers. I Neither promise. Like, Kramer <laughs> for that matter. Yeah. Jim Kramer is not going to tell you everything you need to know about your specific financial plan and retirement future. Go, please, please talk to a professional. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that it comes with some, like the self-directed thing, you know, like there's plenty of apps out there. There's Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade. There's fucking Robin hood. There's a bunch of like trading apps out there where you can do self-directed stock trading. Right. I think that should come with some warnings. I mean, yeah, dude. When I got it, so I used to have a Robin. Obviously, I can't have one anymore because 
outside of the company that I work for. Um, I remember when I got the notification that they were allowing people to trade options on Robinhood. Um, there's my wife just texting me, making fun of me. Uh-oh. Uh, that they were allowing people to trade options on Robinhood. I was floored mm-hmm. that like when you have, if you have a social security number and I don't even think you have to have proof of income, you can just open up a Robinhood account, throw money in there and then trade options. Yeah. I'm like that. Uh, was like that like made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Even, like you can't worse. just, and I'm, I say this and I was like, you can't just let people trade options with no, like, like educate, like that's insane. The amount that people can lose, you lose your, all your money. And oh, yeah. owe, you owe thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, hundred percent dude. And even worse than that, you could trade on margin with the social yeah, security now number. You and no are trading someone else's money. Yeah. And guess what? Those people that let people trade their money, they're going to get their money back. I promise. Oh, 100%. They don't take they don't take risks and not cover their own ass. They're going to get their money back from you if you can't pay it. <laughs> they were going to you're going to forfeit all your assets, you're going to get Everything your house wrong. repossessed, your car, you're probably going to take your firstborn. They will get that money out of you. Yeah, here's here's my second. I made my disclaimer. This is not official financial advice. Do not trade naked options on Robinhood and don't day trade in your TSP. <laughs> Please don't. Please call don't a professional. Call a professional. Yeah, that's a whole get rich quick thing. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I fuck around with some options every once in a while, but I don't do naked shorts or anything like that or naked naked calls or whatever. I don't do anything that's like super re- like fucking dumb, right? Because I, I know I can't afford it. I don't trade on margin. I don't do anything. And furthermore, I know that it's gambling and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it is. And like, kind of like we were joking before, if you want your gambling account, set your gambling account that you're okay to lose and maybe you get lucky, but you have to know that, okay, here's my 500 bucks a month. I know this could be gone. Yeah. Well, that, and you seriously got to know what you're doing when you're trading options, man. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tech. I'm technically a licensed professional and I wouldn't touch options with a 10 foot pole. I don't blame you. It's risky. Yeah. Super risky. But since we're getting to the end of the show here, let's uh, talk about like the importance of emergency funds, right? So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that's probably hasn't been really touched on on this episode, but I think that it's one of those things that we should all be very well aware that sometimes shit hits the fan. Sometimes you'll, I don't know, get smoke checked by some dickhead around the corner if you're in the military or you'll have a tree fall on you or you won't be able to work. Maybe you won't necessarily pass away but you're going to be seriously injured. And now your livelihood is basically taken away from you because we are very, very much so dependent on our bodies for our means of living. Right. So let's talk emergency funds as a, like a final talking point here. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll split this into two. If you can, if you're healthy, if you're young and before you potentially enter a dangerous job, go get some insurance. <laughs> Get some disability coverage, get some life insurance, uh, get it while you're young, get it while you're cheap, 
get it while it's healthy and get it before you start dangerous jobs. If you don't, you should still go and get it anyways, because you're probably going to need it more than anyone else. And it just might be a little more expensive. But yeah, go do that because that is your hedge against the emergency fund. That's your planning portion of your emergency fund, right? Like everyone's got some sort of disability coverage, but it's mostly short term, right? Yeah. And then if it's long term, it's technically 50% because everyone says 60%, but you still pay income tax on that. It's so income. So really anything, Pat, if you are seriously hurt enough, which is this is to the level that would actually affect your emergency fund, right? If you were out for more than 90 days and you switch into like your long-term, your long-term coverage, it, it not most places, you know, broad brush is usually like 60% of your income, but with income taxes, that's 50%. So you take a 50% pay cut, you're not working. So your medical expenses are up. The other little caveat, you cannot contribute to your 401k or your TSP if you're on long-term disability. If oh, you're sure. not, yeah, that's one thing people don't know. Um, so if you're not, if you are on long-term disability, almost 98% of all companies, you cannot contribute to your retirement fund because you're not really contributing to the country, to the company anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry that's how they look at it, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> kind of is what it is. Yeah. It's um, nice, but so, so do that side. That's the planning side, right? Just knock it out. And insurance is annoying and it's lame. And it's not sexy, but like, just do it. That's the big part of the planning side that hedges against, right? Because everyone says three months, six months, nine, right? Pick a number. Whatever arbitrary uh, numbers thrown out there. I would say three, right? Um, more so because it gives you an attainable target, like a six month emergency fund. Like if you, really shit ton of down, money. if you really broke down your expenses and you try to just keep six months of that in a savings account at all times, like it's going to take forever for you to build that. And then to not like, that's generally a pretty decent chunk of change. That's just sitting in cash in a savings account, getting eaten alive by inflation and no return on most, you know, savings accounts and normal financial institutions. It's just like, that's a lot of money not doing anything. It's not working for you at all. And even if it, you know, if it's relatively not a lot of money to someone else, it's a lot of money to that person. Yeah. That's a lot. I, I usually say three months, right? Like sit down, knock out a budget, get rid of um, tertiary expenses, you know, the silly, you know, grabbing some of the gas station and blah, you know, that nonsense, like break down true blue expenses. This is what keeps a roof over my head and keeps me alive and, you know, keeps me going from A to B or to work. If you can keep three months of that in a savings account, you're, you're usually ready, right? Because I think Oh, what's the statistic? I think 87, 87% of American households right now cannot, um, would not be able to handle an, an unplanned $500 expense. I'm in that demographic. <laughs> like right now, an unplanned $500 bill would like throw off like the month, next two months of expenses for, I think it's 87% of American households. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, a story on that one, man. Um, actually, that that did happen to me, right? So, uh, cruising down home from work one day, and uh, some dickhead in a company vehicle decided that they didn't want to uh, put the trailer pin, like the cotter pin, in their trailer hitch. 
So this thing comes tomahawking down the fucking road at me at like Mach 10, right? <laughs> Can't go anywhere. I know I have to take the hit, right? So car to the uh, right of me, concrete wall to the left, right? So this thing blows out one of my tires. Here's what they don't tell you. You go down to get that one tire replaced that's fucked up. One, you're waiting three months for an extra wheel. And they will not replace just one tire if it's worn. All four, baby. All four. So, because I have to work, I had to go all the way out to USA Parkway and go get some new wheels and then go to Les Schwab, get four new tires. And it fucking hurt, man. That was like $3,500 worth of damage and I was not fucking prepared for it. Yeah. It sucks. Off of yep, one tire. That's, that's, unfortunately, that's the norm, right? Not the story, but but the inability to handle that expense. Um, that was real. I mean, I've been through it. I've been through it many a times oh, yeah. in life. But yeah. Whatever happened. I mean, pick a scenario, right? And you're just like, I'm right. I have no way of, I can't pay for this or how am I this, that, and the other. And then, right. What happens? Oh, strike credit card or do this or that now. Right. It's that perpetuating yeah. cycle. Um, and I'm like, and I'm not saying you're not going to plan ahead for every, you know, you insane to say you're going to be able to do that is just a lie. You're just lying to yourself. It's impossible. I, but I always say three three months. It, it gives you an attainable goal, an attainable amount, and it's another way to kind of build that discipline towards your finances, right? Like, if so I tell people all the time, like that was the hardest thing I ever did in my financial plan was have my emergency fund. I hate it. I absolutely I hate seeing that amount of money sitting in my savings account that Just I can't use. And obviously because my profession, like I don't put it towards anything. Um, I was like, I hate it. I hated saving it. I don't like it at all. But yeah. it, it was one of the best things I ever did to just do it. Because you're just like, throw it in the savings account. You know, I was, you know, 100, 150 bucks a month, whatever you could. I, I tried to do whatever I had extra at the end of the month that we didn't buy anything dumb. I'd throw it in there, right? So we, we got to the number. But I'm like, yeah, the 0.01% that I'm getting on my savings, on the savings account is just sitting there. Like, it was brutal. But the, you know, the six months it took me, realistically, the nine months it took me to save that three month buffer emergency fund, those nine months that I've built in like a little more discipline and good habits into my finances. So yeah. it's the best and worst thing I did because there's just no, there's nothing sexy about it. There's nothing fun. Like I don't get to open up my phone and go, Oh cool. Went up a little bit or did, did. like, no, I'm yeah. just like transfer 50 bucks savings. <laughs> submit. <laughs> it's definitely not sexy, but un- unfortunately, like when there is an emergency or there's like shit hitting the fan in a personal context, um, you need that liquidity. And if it's tied up somewhere, you just don't have access to it. So yeah. you need that liquidity. Yeah. I'd much rather have you get good discipline and, and, and feel the pain of that than swipe a credit card. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. But yeah, man, I mean, these are all pretty good like tips, right? And I know you can't go uh, pretty much no financial advisor unless you're, I guess you're a client of them or whatever you want to call it, right? You have to have like a contractual agreement with them, right? To get official financial advice. So I know a lot of the stuff is kind of like surface level, but that's just because of legalities, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and just honestly, the, practically too, I mean, there's, there's so many things out there that 
they're not appropriate for certain people's situations. Like um, there's certain investment tools, there's certain insurance products, there's certain um, ways of investing that, that just aren't appropriate for a certain person. And that's mostly like 90% of my job is, is getting to know my clients personally, like what suits them, Mm -hmm. right? Can they handle aggressive, aggressive investments? Can they handle downturns in the market? Can that, can they afford, um, this product or that product? Like what suits them? Um, cause yeah, you'd be like, Oh yeah. You know, and dollar cost average into a mutual fund or an ETF. And I was like, well, you can fucking Google that. Like <laughs> anyone can, anyone can download Robinhood right now, dollar cost average into the friggin' Vanguard, you know, S and P 500 index fund. I was yeah. like, that's, that's, I have to be careful how I say that technically, but I'm like, that's not financial advice. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone can do that. There's, not many negatives to that besides nothing. I don't know. Nothing really like, yeah, anyone could do that. Builds good habits. Sure. Mm-hmm. Go get, you know, some friggin' permanent life insurance and some disability coverage and save an emergency fund and then save a home run fund. If you want to start a business or invest in real estate, right? Like check all those boxes. So that's the super easy broad brush all the advice I can give. Um, Like the reason we have this profession exists and these jobs exist um, is one, these companies need people to sell their shit for them. And two, you got to get to know everyone personally because some people could just hate the idea. And even if it fits for them, it just, it doesn't fit their personality. That's just as bad as selling someone the wrong thing. Yeah. It's like, it's like going to a dealership and you want like a Tacoma since we're on stuck on Tacomas and you end up walking out of there with, you know, something else like a, a yeah. Well, you, yeah, you go for a Tacoma and you come home in like an F-150. I was going to say like, you got like you, <laughs> well, you got a truck, but you don't like, it. you know what I mean? It's got four wheels. It's got a bed. You can take it and get it dirty, but you don't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where you got to get to know the person. No, hundred percent, man. It's like, like you're saying earlier, it's not a one size fits all solution for everybody. I mean, yeah, there's some like common steps. You can be like, you probably shouldn't do that thing that you're doing. It's yeah. probably a bad idea. Right. Yeah. But absolutely. at the end of the day, man, that's where you come in. That's where people got to go out, reach out to folks like you or somebody in their local area that's, you know, dialed in. And furthermore, I think that speaking the language is important as well, man. So yeah, and, Government and I've wise. been lucky with that. You know, I, I, it is, I know I do. I have clients and work with people from very affluent backgrounds and make a ton of money. You know, they make more money than I do. <laughs> like they will continue to for a very long time. And their kids, kids will start doing their kids, that as well. kids will, Yeah. And, and they're cool and interesting and fun. And, and those cases are always nice, but it's also, it is nice when you do see like, you know what, I can't like name like I've I've had meetings with people and you like people have tears in their eyes because they never thought that they could do this or this information was available to them or like they were worth it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and I think a lot of us, you know, depending on your background and, and things that you do, and if you're in like a blue collar life or a first responder lifestyle, I think a lot of people sometimes feel like that. Like 
odd. This is not where I come from. I, I don't really, I don't know. This is information isn't for me. It's too much. So being able to kind of connect with those people is it's been, it's been great. And um, yeah. And it, I mean, it does help like, uh, yeah, I make the joke usually like, yeah, I'm not the nerd in like khakis and a polo shirt that you usually meet with. Like I'm a pretty big dude, like covered in tattoos, like talking about finances and I'm like taking people's sharing, heads off and rugby sharing stories of like, you know, yeah. Like a cardiac case and rushing people to the ambulance or, you know, jumping out of planes, getting dirty, you know, uh, you know, rocking around in the mountains, which, you know, most wildland guys can, can, feel with so it's like you can kind of share stories and and it's it makes it a lot easier to help people from those backgrounds because sometimes they don't like to be helped yeah probably goddamn stubborn if you, if you look stubborn. at it dude, you're so you guys stubborn. you're fucking stubborn all of all of you us we are you i don't care <laughs> egos and stubborn 100 percent, man 100 percent. still to this day i'm not even in fire anymore and i'm still fucking stubborn yeah Ugh. it's ingrained old habits die hard, I guess, but well, man, coming up to the end of the show, I always like to give you, uh, our guests, the opportunity to give some shout outs to some homies, heroes, mentors. Who do you got for us? Oh man. Well, I'll give the shout out. I've got Jack Francis, Matt Rush, Matt Anderson. There's got, I'm probably forgetting someone, but those three guys, all uh, California firefighters between Los Angeles, and Orange County, great friends. We've been that super weird friend group that's been friends since we were eight years old and, and kind of stayed connected and still go to weddings. And I give them a hard time. All those nerds decided to turn out to be firefighters. And a couple of us went to join the military. So we had to share funny, good stories, but shout out to those guys, man. I love them. I don't know if this, if this will circulate to their circles, that'd be awesome. No but, will. Um, shout out to those guys. Um, and I don't know. I'm on the spot. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it on those guys. I'm sure I'll forget some. I'll feel absolutely terrible. I, I'll, and then I'll say thank you to literally any person, family member, who's helped me along the way and, and got me to where I'm at. So thank you guys. Cause yeah, no, nobody does this shit alone. No matter how badass you think you are. Oh yeah. hundred percent, man. Well, cool, dude. Well, thank you for being on the show. And then where can we find you? Um, yeah, I mean, again, yeah, I, I'm more than happy. If anyone watching this wants to reach out, uh, um, if you find me on social media, uh, Johnny Utah, four, five, six, uh, send me a message, reach out. That's fine. Um, I, I, I can give you like contact information or something to, to post it or anything like that. Um, say my emails, just john.cullen at nm.com. So I'll, I'll throw some, some contact info up or something like that. But yeah, feel free, feel free after this to reach out. Um, if, if he messages you or if anyone messages you or anything like that, feel free to shoot me a message as well. So obviously all people, you know, from this background, I have a huge soft spot. So happy to help out any way I can. Oh yeah. I got to give you a little bit of shit though, because Johnny Utah from point break, wasn't that a bank robbery movie and you're a financial yeah, advisor? <laughs> it was, which I find hilarious. It's a good movie. But, man. That's a good flick, man. <laughs> yeah. I just stole that nickname in college because I went to the university of Utah mm -hmm. to play sports. So someone gave me that nickname and I just kind of rolled with it. So hey, it works. <laughs> yeah. I'm holding on. I, I, I'm holding on to it. I don't want to get rid of it. I can't, I can't grow up too much. Oh no. We still got to have fun at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, cool, man. Well, thank you for coming on the show and giving some uh, tips and tricks. And I guess I, yeah, man, it's a really complicated thing. I mean, but these tips and tricks, they, they definitely uh, help out a lot of people. And obviously the message at the end of the day would be go find professional advice and don't do dumb shit. Yes. hundred percent. Do not do dumb shit. I repeat. Don't do dumb shit. Talk to a professional. Oh yeah. Well, John, in all, in all things, it's pretty much everything, right? Like, Hey, yeah. don't stick your finger in the light socket. I mean, that's, that qualifies as dumb shit, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll catch you on the next one, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> See ya. And boom, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with my good friend, John Colin. John, thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking your wisdom to these, uh, well, let's call them hotshot rich folks out there, especially those ones that have had those ginormous lump sum payments of back pay dating all the way back to October 1st, 2021. So John, once again, man, your advice is uh, much appreciated. And uh, if anybody is out there and wants to seek professional advice, well, John's the dude to hit up. He is uh, licensed to practice this whole uh, financial advising thing and not just give you some topical advice. If you want to hit him up and actually dial in your finances, well, seek him out. I'll put some links in the show notes. So with that being said, uh, please, folks, save your damn money. Don't like yellow it all on crypto or GME or whatever. Stop. Pull your head out of your asses. Don't be trolling around Wall Street bets looking for the next option or start day trading or any of that crap. Be wise with your money. It has an expiration date and it's not going to last forever and it may not continue. It's going to be really kind of shitty if they don't continue it down the road. However, we got a plan for, well, I guess the worst and hope for the best. So with that being said, I hope you guys spend wisely. No, you do not need the new Tacoma with all the lifts and racks and overlanding shit bolted to the side of it. You just don't need it. Come on, man. Think about it. So take care of your finances. Tell a friend, hit up my buddy, John here. He'll take care of you. He'll get you sorted. Hope everybody's doing well. I know that Oak Fire, uh, that was rearing his ugly ass head there for a few days. And uh, yeah, people are getting tired. All those folks returning from Alaska, well, the lower 48. It's uh, just now starting to pop off and it's going to be a real dirty August. I think we're about one lightning bust away from PL5. So that being said, stay safe, stay savage out there. And a special shout out to our sponsors. We got Mystery Ranch, purveyors of the finest damn packs in the fire game. Go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone series where you can get to one of those thousand dollar scholarships to further your career. We've got... Hotshot Brewery, kick-ass coffee for kick-ass cause. Go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check out all of your essentials for getting your morning started off right. We also have the ass movement. Yeah, my buddy Boo's over there. He's spreading the good word about burying his turds and your turds, burying our turds. Yeah, spread the word about burying turds in general. Don't be a turd on the public lands. Go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. It's awesome. And last but not least... I'm going to have to give a shout out to the AWE, the American Wildfire Experience. Bethany, you have an awesome organization over there. And if you uh, want to go swing by, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. And help put your name in the hat for one of those uh, $500 grants that they're doling out. It's pretty cool. Just saying. Y'all know the drill. Stay safe. Stay savage. Peace. <laughs>